0: going on how's everybody doing today ray road here welcome to ray sports ramp of course we are a part of the dean Blundell network over at deanblundell.com. give us a follow at dblendell men you will follow me on twitter at dpnl for ray check us out on youtube the who's got next youtube channel follow me on instagram at ray route r-a-y-r-a-u-t-h get videos pictures that kind of fun stuff make sure you download the podcast wherever you get your podcast you know apple spotify all these kind of good things it's going down peeps happy monday I'm here to talk some sports um i'm gonna be talking about this whole Bruins cutting Mitchell Miller thing. I got a lot I got to say about that. I refuse to applaud the Boston Bruins and you'll hear why in a minute. going to talk about ooh, some scary news coming out of Buffalo. Josh Allen being evaluated for UCL. Oh, let's pause for a second. There we go. Yeah, Josh Allen being evaluated for UCL injury, so we're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about uh, the Patriots fans not being grateful about a win. Tough to win in the NFL. Hopefully, we're going to have my boy Adam Armbreich on from the Adam Up podcast to talk a little bit of Raptors. If he doesn't show, well, we'll find something else to talk about. I got a few things in the uh, in the bank that I didn't include on today's show that we can include. For me to be here all by my lonesome. Not feeling well tonight, Somebody knows. And uh, we'll get started. You want to talk sports? Talk sports. Okay? Talk sports. All right. Where do we want to start? I think that I want to start with this whole Mitchell Miller thing because, first of all, I'm sick of talking about it, and let's get it over with. But I just I have to address it here. So let's start here with the statement that came out by the Boston Bruins. This is from Cam Neely who said, today the Boston Bruins have decided to part ways with Mitchell Miller, effective immediately. The decision to sign this young man was made after careful consideration of the facts, as we were aware of them, that at 14 years old he made poor decision that led to juvenile conviction. We understood this to be an isolated incident and that he had taken meaningful action to reform and was committed to ongoing personal development based on the understanding we offered him a contract. Based on new information, we believe it is the best decision at this time to rescind the opportunity for Mitchell Miller to represent the Boston Bruins. We hope that he continues to work with professionals and programs to further his education and personal growth. We owe it to our fans, players, staff, partners, and community to make sure that our practices and protocols are keeping with the ethos that we demand from ourselves and as an organization. As such, we will be reevaluating our internal process for vetting individuals who wish to earn the privilege of playing in the National Hockey League for the Boston Bruins. We are sorry that this decision was overshadowed the incredible work that the members of our organization do to support diversity and inclusion efforts. We will continue to stand against bullying and racism in all its forms. To Isaiah and his family, my deepest apologies if this signing made you and other victims feel unseen and unheard. We apologize for the deep hurt and impact we have caused. Finally, as a father, I think there is a lesson to be learned here for the other young people. Be mindful of careless behavior. Going with the group mentality of hurting others, the repercussions can be felt for a lifetime. And I simply just tweeted out, I will not applaud Cam Neely for making the right decision after making a terrible decision. I have never seen fans, players, and media so united on one subject. Mitchell Miller participated in racially motivated bullying. He does not deserve the privilege of playing in the NFL, in the NHL. So let's get into this. First of all, let's start with the whole Boston Bruins dynamic and let's talk about Cam Neely. Let's talk about a guy who is out of touch. Let's talk about a guy who's a meathead. Let's talk about upper management who has no idea what's going on in his dressing room. I want to remind everybody that just a couple of days ago, I wrote a piece on DeanBlindell.com on Saturday about this. And what I talked about was Patrice Bergeron, the captain of the Boston Bruins, not accepting Mitchell Miller into the dressing room. Also acknowledging that Cam Neely spoke to him before signing him and Patrice Bergeron at that time expressed some concern around the signing. The coach of the Boston Bruins said it wasn't a coaching decision. And In other words, said, hey, talk to the GM, not to me. Cam Neely made a grave mistake. Cam Neely did not feel the temperature in the room. And Cam Neely fucked up royally. Now, let's get to Mitchell Miller. Now, I've heard some conversations today. I heard it on the Dean Blundell show, the boss, the big man. He was questioning, what's the answer? How long is too long? Fair questions, Dean. Rob Kivlov was on his show, said he was 14 years old. Right. At what point does this kid get another opportunity? Here's my thing about this. I do believe that everybody can grow. I do believe that everybody has the opportunity to learn new things. I believe that everybody can get past horrible events. But when they do that, they need to do it in a capacity that is not of privilege. There are millions of kids around the world who dream of playing in the National Hockey League. There are hundreds of thousands of millions of kids who want to play for a historical team like the Boston Bruins. And Mitchell Miller waived that opportunity and waived that privilege when he decided to not just participate in one isolated incident, but participated in multiple events of bullying, including multiple uses of the N-word, including forcing young Isaiah to lick and eat things that came out of urinals, to saying the only way Isaiah could sit with them is if he's their N-word, There was physical harm done, there was emotional harm done, and yes, maybe it's not fair that a 14-year-old has to carry his injustice or his mistakes with him the rest of his life, but young Isaiah has to carry that for the rest of his life. I do hope that Mitchell Miller is able to find peace. I hope that he is able to move on from this rhetoric that he believed in. I hope that he's able to be a better person in life. However, when you participate in what you did despite your age, you forfeit your opportunity for privilege. Now you could argue that at 14 years old, you don't have the critical thinking and capacity to think past some of the things you do. And we've all made mistakes. We all did things in our young teens that we're ashamed of. We all did things without understanding the repercussions of what happens. However, at 14 years old, you are more than cognitively sound to understand that the N-word is not appropriate. You are have more than a mental capacity to understand that you cannot force somebody to eat something out of a urinal. You have the capacity to understand that racially motivated bullying is as wrong as wrong can be. There was nothing about Mitchell Miller's actions and the people he did it with that excuse his behavior because of his age. And because of that, he should not be given the opportunity not just to play with a team like the Boston Bruins, but play with any team in the NHL. And I saw my boy Bobby shout out today. Big Bruins fan. Can't understand why Cam Neely is still with the team. And Rob Kivla made a very interesting point on the Dean Bledel Network. He said the reason that Gary Bettman came out and said, hey, this kid's not even clear to play hockey, was protecting the Boston Bruins ownership because Gary Bettman could see what this was doing, what turn this was taking, how bad this was going to get. So I will not applaud you, Cam Neely. I will not applaud the Boston Bruins organization. I will applaud the players and the coaches who publicly spoke out about them signing Mitchell Miller, but the upper management and ownership, you made one of the poorest decisions you ever could have made, a stain that you're going to have to live with on your record for the rest of your life. And I applaud Boston Bruins fans who are loyal as all hell for their team, I have watched Boston Bruins fans forgive almost anything, but I applaud you for staying strong on this matter. I applaud you for not letting them off the hook, even after cutting Mitchell Miller. Mitchell Miller did heinous, horrible things. If he would have been an 18-year-old, we would have described them. We would have described him as a horrible stain to society. We cannot forgive because he was 14, or we can forgive but not allow him to live the life of privilege, which he would if he played in the National Hockey League. I do not applaud you, Boston Bruins. You made the decision that needed to be made, but you didn't make the right decision to begin with. You didn't do your due diligence. This kid should not have been drafted in the first place in 2022 when everybody else backed off because of the rumors and because of the stories and because of the confirmed stories and convictions that were on his record. But the Arizona Coyotes understood that mistake immediately and let him go. Again, not applauding them because they made the right decision after making a heinous decision. Mitchell Miller does not deserve to play hockey. Mitchell Miller does not deserve to be a professional player. He does not deserve endorsements. He does not deserve a national spotlight, and that's what he would get playing professional hockey. The Boston Bruins made... The only decision that they could make letting Mitchell Miller go today. I'm gonna to go on to the New England Patriots now. Let's stick to Boston theme, shall we? My boy McGarvin L tweeted this out today. He said, The Patriots hammered the Jets last week. Jets take down the Bills this week. Tell me more about wins, quote, that feel like losses, unquote, because your team didn't win by as many points or nicely as you wanted. Winning in the NFL is hard enjoy it when it comes and i i gotta tell you Mc, uh, Garvin. i apologize i gotta tell you mcgarvin i totally agree with you i think sometimes as sports fans i'm not going to pick on pats nation and new england patriots fans who i do believe is an entitled fan base but i'm not going to pick on you here i do believe as sports fans sometimes our expectations are much higher than they need to be i believe there are times that we are watching sports and we expect our sports heroes and our teams to do the impossible. We celebrate great victories, but we are unforgiving when it comes to off days. The New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts both looked horrible on Sunday. Mac Jones looked horrible. The Patriots' offense was terrible. Matt Patricia's play calling was awful. There's so many percentages and game plan mistakes all over twitter today i really encourage a lot of you to go do your research and see how bad matt patricia was on sunday however the defense was alive josh uche with a bunch of or a bunch of sacks matthew judon is continuing on his fantastic way of play going after the quarterback getting the sacks doing everything that we expect out of judon and i think sometimes you need to just accept the win the Patriots put themselves in a position that they still can be considered a possible playoff team. They're at least a playoff competitor at this point of the season. We're halfway through the year, and New England has won two games in a row. New England is just out of the wild card bubble. And I think that just making the wild card this year would be an accomplishment to the Patriots. I'm going to remind everybody that I had no faith in New England going to the playoffs this season. I had them winning six to eight games, which I didn't believe was enough. However, with how bad... The American, or the AFC, the AFC is this season. Perhaps it's you know not a stretch for them to go. I think if you look at New England, they're in a much better position than the team they just beat with the Indianapolis Colts, who just signed Jeff Saturday as their head coach because they fired Frank Reich. Now I do got to put on the table that I think the Frank Reich are firing with bullshit. The man who should have been fired and let go was Chris Ballard, the guy who has fucked up the quarterback situation for three years, has given up valuable assets to bring in players who have not helped them even make the playoffs or get the championship. He has a terrible offensive line, and it's a defensive team only. And I don't think that, I don't know why Colts fans think that Saturday is going to make this big turnaround on this team. You have a team with no quarterback who relies on Jonathan Taylor, who couldn't play the game on Sunday. And if Jonathan Taylor's not in the lineup, there's basically no offense for Indianapolis. You look at a team like Tennessee, who lost Derrick Henry last year, and they were still able to be the number one seed in the AFC. Now, a little bit overrated. It showed in the playoffs, but that was the reality. But when you look at the New England Patriots, they're in a much better position than Indianapolis is. They're in a much better spot to be competitive and make the playoffs. They're in a much better spot for their fans to have some hope. It seems like Indy don't have hope right now. Why should they? I totally agree with with McGravin, who just basically said, hey, Pats fans, fucking suck it up. Okay, a fucking win is a win. Why do we need to win every game by 40 points and like totally dominant? Why can't we just accept the win? It's difficult to win in the National Football League. Bill Belichick says it all the time. He said it when Tom Brady was there. He said it in 2007 when the team went undefeated until the Super Bowl. He said it is difficult to win in, in the NFL. And it's true because guess what? Every week you're playing another professional team. You're playing another set of professional coaches. You're playing an entire organization who wants to win just as badly as you do. There is no team out there that wants to win a game more than another team. And I hate when sports commentators use that analogy. Oh, well, this team just wanted it more. How did this team want it more? You're telling me a bunch of adults, a bunch of grown men, a bunch of professional athletes who do nothing but focus on football day in and day out don't want to win a game? Just one team plays better. Look at the Buffalo Bills. Terrible this weekend against the Jets. We'll get to them in a minute. For Pat fans, fucking relax, man. Enjoy the win. Okay, because... You guys all have these unrealistic expectations. Like, hey, well, Tom Brady wouldn't win a championship. Tom Brady went to one of the best teams in football. Hey, Bill Belichick had to rebuild. I think he rebuilt wrong. I think the Patriots could have been in a better position in two years and they're going to be because of Bill Belichick's expedited rebuild. That's not good enough. Just because you win the offseason doesn't mean that you're going to win the season. But the Buffalo Bills absolutely took care of the New York Jets last week. Or sorry, the New England Patriots absolutely took care of the New York Jets last week and they couldn't take care of a team that just took care of the best team in the AFC East. The Pats fans, Pats nation, my people. Let's show a little bit of love to this team. show a little bit of love to these players. Let's appreciate the win. Let's enjoy the fact that we had victory Monday, shall we? Because we're we're, going to go a lot of times without it. We know what it feels like without a victory Monday. So instead of just whining and crying and complaining about yesterday's win, let's sit back and enjoy it. Stop the bullshit, shall we? I'm going to go here. And this isn't for political reasons. Some people may believe that this is me being a uh, a leftist. It's not. I don't care. I don't care who you vote for. It just struck me funny. Kid Rock tweets today, Oprah helped Dr. Oz with his career. I assume because she vetted him and found out that he, he'd need to be a wonderful person. Now she is against him. Oprah is a fraud. Kid Rock. And I love that he signed off Kid Rock on his Twitter account called Kid Rock. That's verified. Here's the thing, kid. Being a TV host and playing a doctor on television is not the same as being a part of the government. The comparison I used today was my criminal justice teacher in college said that I would be a good social worker. When I told her that I was going to want to perform open heart surgery, she didn't support me. What a fraud, right? Here's what I don't understand about these political commentators, whether, whether it's a celebrity political commentator or whether it's just some dude on Twitter. Why do you own yourself? Why do you put yourself in a position that you look fucking stupid? Where you want to call out Oprah? You want to call out the left? You want to call out people because why? You're a moron? Again, I don't give a shit who you vote for. Government's stuck whether you're Democrat, Republican, it doesn't fucking matter. They all suck. And I'm Canadian. so I really don't give a fuck what you guys do. And I'll tell you what, in this country, liberals, NDP, conservatives, they fucking suck too. I hate. I didn't vote. I didn't vote in the last provincial election. I didn't vote in the last federal election. I probably won't vote again. Why? I don't care. I won't complain about the government either. You don't see me go on these long political tirades. But what I do do is, is, I call out bullshit when I see it. And not just bullshit, stupid bullshit. And Kid Rock comparing Oprah helping Dr. Oz with his television career, not supporting him as a politician and calling her a fraud because of it, is moronic. Almost as moronic as, like, I don't know, a real estate reality star becoming president of the United States. Oh, that's going to upset people. That's going to upset some people. I don't care. Honest to God. It's a joke. Relax. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. It doesn't matter. Have things really gotten better with Biden? Maybe. I don't know. I don't pay attention enough, and I'm not American. Anyways, Kid Rock, you're a moron, and you proved yourself to be a moron today, and I just wish that people would think before they say stupid shit, and it's just amazing to me that we live in this time now, that people can think and say things Without the thought of consequence, without the thought of idiocy, fuck. I think before you speak. And there's stupid liberal celebrities out there, too. Left-wing, whatever you call them. Democrat. Anyways, that was my idiot of the day. We got another one coming tomorrow. Had a rampage about booters. That's what's keeping you up at night. Fuck. We got some things to say. All right, let's get back to sports. I'm done with my idiot of the day. Don't give me any of your political garbage nonsense. I don't fucking care. Just I don't. Who'd you vote for? Tell me who you voted for. I'll congratulate you. We'll move on. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I don't care, people. I'm sick. I'm sweating. It's hard on me. I'm doing it for you. All right, what do we want to go with? Let's do it this way. Let's go with us Stephon Diggs. fundings. We'll finish off with Josh Allen's injury. So uh, Heather Prusak tweeted out, "Devon Diggs on standing behind his quarterback after a game like this, quote, he leads the best way he knows how. He makes a lot of plays out there. So rallying behind him at this time, uh, at times like this, I mean, turnovers are going to happen. You know you hate them, but shit does happen. And I mean, this comes down to Josh Allen having a terrible fucking game yesterday against the New York Jets. I was at the Bills' helmet bar. I'll tell you right now, One of the greatest pleasures that I had in life was standing at the Bills helmet bar, standing right by the bar, right in front of the TV, watching Josh Allen throw an interception and listening to 40 Buffalo Bills fans scream and rant and be pissed off at Josh Allen. It was music to my ears. Outside of that, though, Josh Allen's like the best quarterback in the NFL. He's 100% been the best player on the Buffalo Bills. There is no reason that the Buffalo Bills should not be rallying behind their quarterback. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you want to rally behind the guy that has been fucking amazing this season? Why wouldn't you support the guy who's a combination of Cam Newton, Michael Vick, and Drew though This Buffalo Bills team is now 0-2 against the division. Shit happens. I also heard... People talking. Uh, the guys at the Bills, Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Bills helmet bar yesterday. I heard guys saying before the game even started, fuck it, the Jets, the Jets just have the Bills number. I mean, as Patriot fans, we get it, right? The shit that's the garbage and the what's happened down in Miami over the years. Miami miracle. The Patriots won the Super Bowl that year, by the way. But you know, our Miami fans always love to do it. Of course, guys like Stephon Diggs, who, by the way. Got absolutely boxed out yesterday and was really no help to Buffalo. Of course, they're going to support Josh Allen. Why wouldn't you support Josh Allen? Why wouldn't you support your guy? And I really find it funny because I've seen a lot of Bills fans being like, yeah, that's it, Diggs. That's it. That's all. That's our player. That's why they're like that. And Bills Mafia, I fucking love you. You know that. I hate your football team. I fucking love Bills Mafia. They're such a great fan base. I hang out with so many of them. Just texting with one last night. What did you expect him to say? Did you expect Stephon Diggs to come out and say, like, Josh played like shit and threw bad interceptions? Like, fucking Nathan Peterman could be your quarterback. And that your team would have stood up and defended him. That's what football players do. Unless you're like a douchebag like Baker Mayfield who chases players like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry from the team your team's going to have your back. Josh Allen seems like a good guy, seems like a guy that people want to play with, and winning solves everything. Here's what we did learn last night, though. The Buffalo Bills need a number three receiver, like an Odell Beckham Jr., because you put the number one cornerback on Gabe Davis, you box out Stephon Diggs, and you're forcing Josh Allen just to take the ball down the field with his legs over and over and over again. And it, it's unfortunate for so many different reasons. And it's unfortunate that they had to be exposed. But they're 6-2, and, and I would be making a move right now. If I was Brandon Bean, I would be on Odell Beckham Jr.'s phone saying, when can you come? When can you be here? When can you sign the contract? We all saw what happened with L.A. last year. We all saw the difference it made. We all saw what a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. can do, can bring you all the way to the Super Bowl. I know we got hurt, but it's big. Here's a big thing, though. Chris Mornison tweeted this. Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, is being evaluated for an elbow injury to his ulnar collateral ligament, also known as UCL, and related nerves per source. Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, said earlier, teams. Hopes to have more info on Tuesday. Not an injury you want your quarterback to have. You do not want your quarterback to be dealing with with elbow issues. I don't know if you've seen the video on it. I chose not to use one of the tweets with the video. It was gross. Like, it was super gross. Uh, His elbow went back in a direction it's not supposed to. And it's funny because it was him standing in the pocket. I've been so nervous. For Josh Allen, I've been so nervous that he was going to get injured running the football. I was so nervous that he was going to take a hit when he wasn't supposed to, and it was going to knock him out of the season. I hope he's not injured. I hope it's not bad. But it is ironic to me that if he were to be injured right now and it were to be some sort of long term thing, that it happened in the pocket. It happened in the exact opposite part of the field that I thought it would. But listen, there is no scenario where this Buffalo Bills team can survive a long-term absence of Josh Allen. I just don't see it. I just don't see this team. Maybe they win a couple. The defense is good enough. But in the National Football League, you need a starting quarterback. You need a good starting quarterback. The Buffalo Bills happen to have the best starting quarterback. And if he is not on the field, well, then the Buffalo Bills are in a lot of trouble. All right, so this was a story I was going to talk about tomorrow. However, it looks like Adam may not be able to make it. He's stuck in traffic in New Jersey. This came out from NBC Sports Boston Patriots covered. Quote, Mac Jones is regressing. In the end, the concern has to be how badly is he regressing? And that, of course, was Tommy Curran and breaks down what's going on with Mac Jones. Now, I don't need to listen to Tommy Kern. I don't like Tommy Kern. I have no time for Tommy Kern. But he's not wrong in this situation. Mac Jones has not looked good this year. Mac Jones has not looked like a guy who took a big leap from his rookie year. We all remember year one, Mac Jones was the most NFL-ready quarterback. And I would say after week four, he looked like the most NFL-ready quarterback. This year, it's, it's been bad doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. His arm doesn't look great. His decision-making has been terrible. What's the common denominator here? I'll tell you what it is. It's Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Mac Jones' regression, and I do not care. I do not care at all what people want to say about this. Mac Jones' regression is because Bill Belichick, for reasons I just don't understand, wants to get yes men on his coaching staff and not bring in a real offensive player, a real offensive coach. If I am the New England Patriots, I am calling Frank Reich right now and begging him to come sign on the team and work with my young quarterback who just last year looked like was going to be your future franchise quarterback. He now isn't. And why? Because you chose, Bill, to bring in terrible coaches. You chose to bring in coordinators whose one was your former defensive coordinator, one was your special team coordinator, and both were terrible head coaches. It looks like the Raiders aren't going to get rid of Josh McDaniels anytime soon. I don't know why, because he's doing terrible in Vegas. But since he's not coming back, there's nothing you can do there. And I feel bad for Mac Jones. I really do, because he has looked shitty this year. There's no Patriot fan that can turn around and say he hasn't. It's tough to watch. It's hard to watch Mac Jones play football. That doesn't mean that I don't have faith that he's going to bounce back. And I don't think it's being a hater, just being truthful. Mac Jones has looked brutal. Mac Jones has looked shitty. Mac Jones looks like he's regressed. But I do not put it on him. I put it on Bill Belichick. I put it on Belichick for not equipping him with the staff that he needs to make him better. Play calling's been terrible. Bailey Zappi didn't play that great. The Patriots have a quarterback problem regardless. Wasn't it Madden said if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterback? True. That's the position that they put themselves in now. And why? Because Bill Belichick has an ego. Because Bill Belichick refuses to bring in real coaching staff. Not Maxwell. Sorry. I'm sitting here. I am so football heavy today. I'm just going to pull up this tweet as I just try to kind of Wrap up the show here with five minutes left. It doesn't look like Adam will be attending. It's okay, Adam. Come back next week. Uh, Sire Bettinger says that, I simply cannot stand Mahomes and all his quirks. He's the most insufferable player in the league. Like, what is his constant, constantly licking? And I'm not entirely sure why Sire, I think that was his name, doesn't like Patrick Mahomes. You know, I remember when Tom Brady was a New England Patriot and he was still the goat and he was playing the best football of his career. People just didn't like Tom Brady, and I never understood it. I always said that people weren't appreciating greatness. They weren't appreciating the combination of Belichick and Brady. They weren't you know, appreciating probably the greatest team in 20 years. They weren't appreciating the greatest dynasty that you'll never see again. And I think that there's a lot of people that's doing that with Patrick Mahomes right now. I think there's a lot of people who are not appreciating what they have in Kansas City. Along with Travis Kelsey, who I think now has made a very, very solid argument of being the greatest tight end ever played the game, and I know that's gonna piss off Pats and Bucks fans because they're gonna be screaming right Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. Gronk's a great, great, great tight end, and was probably the most dominant tight end at his position. But sustainability, longevity—it's just not there. Kelsey performs, gonna be a thousand-yard receiver again this year. He just tied Gronk for the most 100-yard games. Him yeah, and He just tied Gronk and Gonzalez, which means he's going to pass them soon enough. I think that we're kind of stuck admitting that he's you know, probably the greatest tight end ever played the game. And this is what it all comes down to. It all comes down to personal preference. It all comes down to who's your favorite player, who's your favorite team, and everybody else is insufferable. I don't have a problem with Patrick Mahomes. I like watching Patrick Mahomes play. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a fantastic quarterback, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for a lot of things that he does. And, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of all I got to say. I don't know. It's the <laughs> music. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Ray Sports Rant today. My name is Ray Rout. Hope that you enjoyed yourself. Thanks, for for uh, tuned in live here on the uh, YouTube channel, the Who's Got Next YouTube page. Uh, thank you for everybody watched on Twitter, either on the Team Lundell Network or my own. Give us a follow on the Team Lundell Network at Follow me on Twitter at DPNRay. And follow our founder at the Team London. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ray Sportsman is a part of the Dean Blundell podcast. I'm the sports director at deanblundell.com. And I uh, appreciate all of you. Download Ray Sports Fan anywhere you get your, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you get your fine podcasts, including deanblundell.com. I have Griff one on tomorrow. We're going to talk some Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe I'll try to see if Adam is available on Friday to come talk some Raptors. I got no question on Friday. We can do that. Or even on Thursday. My man Kevin's in Mexico this week, so he won't be able to come on and do his regular squad. You know, we're gonna have a good time. We got Griff, and we got Mario and Chris coming. Oh, wait. There we go. Yeah, we got Mario and Kristen coming in on Wednesday to talk on Buffalo Bills. And of course, Wednesday at 7 p.m. He's coming have live on the New Network, Twitter account, my Twitter account, and our Who's Got Next YouTube page. I mean, Who's Got Next with producer Mike, Connor Commentary, hashtag sports, Kristen Kimmick, and myself. And uh, I don't know, don't really got much else to say. And listen, everybody out there, hope will be at a good time today. I know I had a lot of things to say. And if there was anything that I said today that maybe upset you, got you a little cringy, got you just a little bit upset with me, I just need you to know, you ain't seen nothing yet. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters.